Hey, Fifth Line, this is Greg Murray, the voice of the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Artillery Podcast with Jordan, Kyle, Warren, and Tyler. If you're looking for average hockey knowledge and terrible hot takes, you have found the perfect place. What's up, little boomers? Welcome to the podcast, episode 224. This is Jordan coming to you from a random Sunday evening. I have a lot to get off my chest, and I really wanted to just uh, hit record and just see where it goes. We'll be back to our regular scheduled podcast here Wednesday. The whole crew is going to be back. Kyle is going to be back from Finland. Warren and Tyler are going to be back in the, in, in the studio. But until then, I have the microphones. I have the equipment. And I thought to myself, I'm just going to record a podcast and talk about the embarrassment that was the Columbus Blue Jackets in Finland. And honestly, just the embarrassing season as a whole. There's no way around it. This is probably by far one of the worst seasons I've seen as a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, or start to a season as a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. I know it's not the worst out there. I know, like, I don't know what year it was. It's not the worst start in franchise history. We did start off once, like, 2-10. and 10. We are 3-9. and nine. So, I mean, that's not too far off. But the games themselves, the games themselves, we're, we're not even in the game. We're not even a conversation in the game in terms of relevancy, in terms of having an opportunity to win the game because we're being so blown out by the opponent. Not just on the score sheet because, I mean, that's obvious, but just the gameplay itself. The ice is so tilted towards the other team for pretty much the duration of the game that I'm scratching my head like, what? the hell is going on where is the disconnect from the coaching to the players on the ice and we're going to talk about you know at least I'm going to talk about the coaching and Brad Larson and whether he should be on the hot seat yes and you know we'll dive into that here in a second but the past handful of games have just been absolute blowouts we're not, even a, we're not even in the game. So the Jackets go over to Finland, right? They go over to Finland after losing 7-1 to one to the Devils. They have three, four days off for, for travel so they can go to Finland and play in this global series. Some series the NHL made up just as a little, hey, here, take this Blue Jackets because we're never going to give you an outdoor game. Have this little this global series, and I, you know, no knock to it. I'm sure the fans that went had a great time, and I, you know, I, I know Kyle went, Danny went, and a lot of fifth liners went, and it looked like they had a great time. So no knock to that. I, I'm sure it was fun beyond the actual reason you went was to see the Blue Jackets, you know, at least put up somewhat of a fight to the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, which they did not do. So, you know, game one gets going. And right out the gate, Colorado just jumps out the gate hot. 3 nothing up on the Jackets, boom, just like that. But then, you know, the Jackets give us a little hope. 
a little hope. They, they score three goals of their own. Borchek, Line, Corrali, all, all with goals in the, in the second and also the beginning of the third period. Jackets were still in contention. But then, as is tradition, you know, we usually play only one good period of competitive hockey where we're somewhat in the conversation. And we found a way to just, you know, we found a way to lose it again. Jackets fall 6-3 to Colorado. Elvis was the starting goaltender. He made 30 saves on 35 shots. One of the Colorado goals was an empty netter. Game two, 5-1 loss. Now, now the first period, we looked good. I thought we looked pretty good. We looked pretty competitive. We played a complete first period. It was 1-1 after the first. The Jackets looked good. I think Boone had the goal. Corpy made his first start of the season, his first start since coming off the injured reserve, and Corpy looked great in that first period. He made some key saves, some great saves, some, some, some one-on-ones where he, just, he, he was the one that rose to the occasion and said, no, you ain't going to score on me right here. Granted, the very first shot of the game was Nathan McKinnon on a breakaway because our defensive players just forgot how to play defense. But that's been the story of the year regardless. But, you know, the first period all in all looked good. One, one to one after the first period. The second period happened. The second period happened. And the Colorado Avalanche scored three goals, three, in four minutes and 20 seconds to start the second period, just to start it. That's how we decided to start the second period. So just like that, the Jackets were down four to one. And again, going back to, we played a decent period in the first, but we just couldn't keep that up. Colorado was obviously going to make probably some slight adjustments at intermission, maybe. They probably don't have to because of how shit the Blue Jackets are right now. But the Jackets just come out flat-footed, not a care in the world, uninspired hockey, as we talked about last podcast, and just couldn't do a damn thing. They had no answer. Defensive breakdowns, offensive struggles, the offense, you know, believe it or not, the offense also does have to play defense, and we're not really seeing that at all either. Goaltending, you know, I, I'm not going to fault really Corpy on the majority of those goals because it was just the defense leaving Corpy out to dry. Now, Elvis, on the other hand, you know, listen, it's not Elvis's fault completely. And again, I'm not here to blame goaltending. Because this is a team sport. God forbid, I, I sent out one tweet during the series. And I said, Elvis is no good. Referring to the first game in that series. And I know there were other factors that went in to the Jackets losing that, that game. But you cannot deny, you cannot tell me that Elvis is having a, a, a down season. He is struggling. There are some just key, there are some basic shots that when he is faced with it, he's letting them in. You can't deny that factor. 
You can't tell me that he is not struggling a little bit this year because he definitely is. But back to game two, sorry, little side rant. You know, I said one thing about Elvis, and everyone just comes at me, tweets me like, it's not, it's not the goaltender's fault. Well, I know that. I'm not stupid. I've watched hockey for a long time. I, I'm aware there are other factors in how this game is played. I get that. But Elvis is struggling. Anyways, Corpy, first game back from IR. I thought he looked pretty decent, personally. I know, it was, I know the stat sheet will say otherwise, a 5-1 loss, blah, blah, blah. But the Jackets, they just can't string together anything, any momentum, any offensive pressure. You know, there, there are glimpses from time to time. But we are just getting outworked, outplayed, outbattled. Is that the motto to Survivor? Something like that. Uh, pretty close. Every single game. Every single game. And these aren't just like... These, these losses, we're not losing by one goal. We're not losing by two goals. We're losing by four, five, six, a game. You know, if we were losing by one goal a game and we were, we were at this current record, I'd be like, okay, we're, we're close. We're, we're almost there. We just got to figure something else out. But we're not. We're losing by five, six, seven goals a game. We're not even close. We're nowhere on the radar of being a successful hockey team. And it's so frustrating to turn on that TV and watch that garbage on the ice. You know, I, I understand they're professional hockey players, and they have made it to the National Hockey League. And, you know, and I'm not going to take that away or discredit their abilities and their talent, but we'll, we'll, collectively what they're, try, what they're doing right now it ain't good. And something has to change. Something has to change. Um. Uh, one, I will say one positive note <laughs> to take away from the global series. Again, something that they just made up for what reason, I'm not sure. But we finally scored a power play goal. Actually, we scored two. We're no longer 0 for 25 on the power play, ladies and gentlemen. No, 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 no. We're just 2 for 33. <laughs> so there's that. There's that stat. So that's a pretty cool stat. 2 for 33. You know, at least it's not a goose egg in the column. We could be 0 for 33. But, you know, <laughs> we finally, finally got some power play goals. So, you know, there is that to look forward to. Look out, world. Our power play is hot. So following the two games versus Colorado, Patrick Laine had some comments to a reporter after the game. And... Quite frankly, I loved his, his bluntness. I loved uh, his directness towards the media following this series. I think we might need more of that, some just honesty out here. And, you know, this was supposed to be a big deal for Patrick Laine. He's obviously from Finland. He is a superstar over in Finland. Every video you see of him around people or kids, everyone's screaming his name. Everyone's excited to see him. 
And he had some pretty blunt comments following his time back in Finland. And I can't fault the guy. I can't at all. He said, it sucks. I'm kind of wishing that this trip had never happened after this. I feel like it was just a waste of time for us. It sucks. That's all, I, that's all I've got to say. And again, like, I echo those comments, and I'm not, I'm not on the team. <laughs> As a fan, I echo that. I feel like, you know, what was the point of it? Waste of time. Frustrating. Embarrassing. He didn't say that. That's, that's what I'm saying. But I just thought that was interesting. You know, a player of Line's status and caliber within the league, pretty just direct to the point to the media, and I respect that. I would love to see more of that from our players, from our leadership, from maybe our captain, from maybe our front office. Maybe our front office should say, come out and say something. It's been 12 games, haven't heard a peep. I don't expect a press conference every day from Yarmo or JD, but my God, like, what's going on? Say something, maybe? Maybe that's not normal. I don't know, but I, I would love to hear something. So let's talk about Brad Larson, unfortunately. So, you know, if you're on social media, every single post you see related to the Columbus Blue Jacket says two words. I, I'm pretty sure you can probably guess what two words those two words are. Fire Larson. That's usually the common response to any post, any picture, anything on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. And let's talk about it for a second. So is Brad Larson on the hot seat? The answer to that should be yes. Should Brad Larson have a job following this global series, my answer, my personal response to that is no. I'm sure Brad Larson is a great human being. He seems like a great guy. Family man, you know. He's a, he's a player's coach. That's great. Seems, you know, he's good with the media. He'll answer your questions for the most part. Sometimes vague with the answers. But all in all, seems like a pretty good stand-up guy. And I, I never want to wish anything bad on anybody in their profession. He's worked very hard to get to this moment. And I, re and I respect him for getting to this level. But unfortunately, something's just not working. And at the end of the day, this, this is professional sports. And... It's to me, it's it's cutthroat. Either you perform or you're, or you're done. Same with players. Either you perform or you're scratched, right? Or we drop you or we trade you. Well, Brad Larson, I'm sorry, but we're sitting three and nine on the season. We have given up 55 goals in 12 games. Let that sink in. We've given up 55 goals in 12 games. <laughs> and we're sitting at three and nine. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know if the players have, I don't know if Larson has lost the locker room or lost the room or lost the players. I'm not quite sure. I couldn't tell you, and I don't want to speculate. But from the outside looking in, it don't look good. And quite frankly, it's unacceptable. So I, I think absolutely Brad Larson should be on the hot seat. 
And I think following this global series, I'm not sure that Brad Larson should have a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets anymore. And you may say, well, listen, we're, we're in a rebuild, right? We're in a rebuild. We should, we should let it pan out. We should see if, it, if, he, if, if Larson can figure this thing out with, with the team and, and maybe they can grow together into something special. No, no. Even in a rebuild, you can't be this bad. Even in a rebuild, you got to somewhat be in contention. You got to be somewhat competitive in the games. We're not even competitive. We play maybe 10 minutes total of, of decent quality hockey, and the rest of it, I couldn't tell you what I'm watching. If it, and again, if the games were like, if we were losing them four to three, six to five, two to one, okay, great. Brad Larson, we're going to continue to give you an opportunity because we're close. We're almost there maybe. But we're so far off from where we should be, even on a rebuild or a retool or whatever you want to call it because nobody's just coming out and saying what it is. We're just leading the fans blindly. Brad Larson's on the hot seat, and Brad Larson probably should not have a job with the Columbus Blue Jackets anymore. That's all I'm saying. Now, I do want to bring up another very touchy subject. I put this out on my personal Twitter account, and got quite a bit of responses from it. If you have any interest in following my personal account, shameless plug, it's at Jordeck, J-O-R-D-E-C-K. I usually try to tweet out some hot takes. Sometimes they stick. Sometimes I'm completely wrong. Whatever. Anyway, so I, I tweeted this out from my personal Twitter. Uh, if, if and when Larson is fired, this will be the third coach under Yarmo's regime to be let go. Maybe it's time to start looking into the front office. That's all I said. Uh, quite a bit of responses, very mixed reviews, mostly pointing towards like, no, Yarmo's fine. He shouldn't go anywhere. And I'm not suggesting that. I, I, I'm more so suggesting maybe it's time to start asking the questions of that. I'm not saying Yarmo has to go. I would like Yarmo to see out the rest of this rebuild. And then in, in a couple years, if it doesn't work, then probably we part ways. But right now, I think it's a fair assessment to just say, should we start maybe questioning it or looking into what has the front office provided or put on the ice here recently? I think that's a fair question. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of run off some things here, and, you know, you can, you can have your thoughts as well. But in, in nine seasons, in nine seasons, Yarmo as general manager, has one playoff series win. One. That's, of course, the Tampa Bay sweep, which is a very memorable moment in Blue Jackets history. Absolutely. I will not discredit that, not take that away. As a fan, that was so amazing to watch, so fun to watch. The atmosphere in Nationwide Arena, the city was electric. You love to see it. But in nine seasons, let's go back to it, Yarmo has... One playoff series win. Now he has gotten us to the playoffs more than any previous general manager of this franchise, for sure. But, you know, it's the one and done. Bouncing the first round every single time besides that one Tampa Bay series. 
Now, there is one thing that I have noticed year after year under a Yarmo Kekalainen team. And maybe it's the inability to sign free agents in Columbus. You know, there's always that stigma that goes around. But at the same time, we signed Johnny Gaudreau, so I don't think that is fully accurate. But it just seems that year after year, we're always the youngest team, if not close to the youngest team in the National Hockey League. And when we go toe-to-toe to these experienced teams that have that good mixture of, of veterans, players that have been there, done it, made playoff runs with other teams, been in the playoffs, that experience that you need to win, when we go toe-to-toe with those teams, every single part of our game gets exposed. Example, Colorado. They just won the Stanley Cup. We play them back-to-back games it looks like an AHL team going against an NHL team out there. And I just don't know why we continue to put ourselves in these, in these predicaments. Even when we were playing Tampa Bay and we swept Tampa Bay, I think we were still you know, probably like five from the bottom in terms of overall age on our team, fifth from the bottom. I just feel like the inexperience that we consistently have just gets exposed by all these good teams. And we're definitely seeing that this year. And I know that there are times where Columbus will struggle to attract the free agents. I get it. I've been around this franchise for 20 years. I know that's what happens. I know that a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets in the market that we're in, we have to build from the draft. I get it. But damn, it seems like it's the same story every year. And it shows, once again, I know I've already said it, it just shows when we play the teams that are built the right way. And I just don't think we've been built the right way for a handful of years. Yes, we've had some, good, some decent teams, some good teams, some teams that have got us to the playoffs, sure. But I still think we've had holes even in, with those teams. And that's evident because we didn't get very far. I say all that just to simply say that, hey, I think you're allowed to question the front office, especially at this particular moment in time. Rebuild or not, we cannot be losing by this much. We cannot be being outplayed this much. And the ice is just fully tilted the other, other direction every single game. We're not, like I said, back to the beginning of this podcast. We're not even in the game at all. And that's unacceptable. That should not be happening. I don't care if it's a rebuild. I don't care if it's a reload. I don't care if it's a retool. I don't know what Yarmo's calling it, but all I'm saying is, Rebuild or not, something has to change. I don't believe that Yarmo's job is on, is on the line right now. I think we, we are allowed to question it. Nine seasons, and what do we have to show for? Some amazing trades, yes. Some mediocre draft picks, yeah. Yeah, that's right, I said it. I don't think Yarmo's drafting is all that great. We've had a couple, a couple ones that have succeeded. I, have, I do have high hopes for Kent Johnson. I really do. We've seen some others roll through here. But all in all, have have we really seen that impressive of a draft list from Jarmo Kekalainen in the nine years he's been here? I could probably count on one hand of those that I'm truly impressed with. But all in all, I don't think there's really been that many. So, I mean, I I think his trading ability is phenomenal. I think he brings in some, some big names quite often. That's evident. I mean, the dude traded for sod then traded for panarin and traded back sod 
He brought in Patrick Laine for Pierre-Luc Dubois. We also got Jack Rosovic on that side. So he's done quite a, he, there's a host of others, but he's, he's made some pretty big, significant trades. I just think his drafting sometimes falls flat. So again, it comes back to what have you done in nine years? One playoff series win. Okay, all I'm saying right now is if I'm ownership, I give Yarmo a couple more years to figure out this rebuild and see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out in you know two years, it may be time to hit the reset button and, and figure out another solution to the front office. And again, I, no disrespect towards Yarmo. I think what he has done in the time he's been here has been good for this franchise. We have took leaps and bounds as a franchise over the past nine years under his leadership. But at the end of the day, we have one series play, we have one playoff series win to show for. Sure, we had some we had some consistency of making the playoffs. Again, I've already said that. But at the end of the day, if this is a rebuild, this is a bad start to it. And we have a long ways to go. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's all I'm saying. We'll see. I, I do think, though, back to Brad Larson. I know I'm kind of hopping all over the place. It's my show. I don't care. Back to Brad Larson. I, I do think a message needs to be sent. And again, it, you know, it's the National Hockey League, and I, I, hate to, I hate to call for somebody's job, but I think we have come to that moment now, and I think Brad Larson is the guy that has to go. And I think he just... I like to have a solution to it. Like, you know, you say, all right, fire Brad Larson. Who you want to bring in? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But I, I just think that a message needs to be sent to the team that, you know, you guys aren't responding. Now this guy's out of a job. Let's figure something else out, I guess. And a lot of times a team will respond to that. We, we've seen it happen before. Todd Richards gets fired for going 0-7. We bring in John Tortorella. The team turns it around. Didn't make the playoffs that year, but we got better. So, you know, end of the day, again, a message needs to be sent. So. so I'll sum up this whole episode by saying it's everyone's fault. <laughs> Everybody is to blame right now. You can't just point your finger at one thing. You honestly can't. You can try. You can't, I can't find just one thing that is the issue with this team. It's all across the board. It's goaltending. It's offense. It's defense. It's offensive players not playing defense. It's coaching, for sure. And also, it's the chili chant, because fuck that thing. Nobody likes that. Ruins all the games. <laughs> uh, regardless. Anyways, hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully, uh, you yelled with me as I yelled. Hopefully, you were pissed off and I was pissed off. And hopefully, you uh, somewhat enjoyed my ranting because I just had to get it off my chest. Unfortunately, like I said, nobody was here to do it with me. But we'll be back in studio Wednesday, all of us back together again. And there will be plenty of ranting. I'm sure Kyle will be yelling at something. He was there in Finland. He was boots on the ground, so he experienced it firsthand. Granted, he was probably drunk the whole time and doesn't remember anything, but I would expect nothing less because it looked like a hell of a trip out there. So, um, Warren and Tyler, they should be back as well. So, 
Anyways, hey, little boomers, thanks for listening to episode 224. Much appreciated. Also, give a shout out to our uh, sponsor, High Bank Distillery. I've actually been drinking their uh, their vodka tonight. Usually, I drink their whiskey war or their uh, their barrel proof whiskey as well. But today, I switched it up to the uh, the vodka. Um, I mean, it's fantastic. What else is there to say? Highbankco.com for more details. You can also check out two of their locations. That's right. They got two locations now. One in the Gahanna, New Albany area, and then one right there in Grandview, right across from the Grandview Yard. Highbankco.com for more details. But anyways, we'll see you Wednesday, little boomers. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan. Peace.